The Six Pointer Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Six Pointer Podcast, immediate post-match reaction to Crystal Palace's 2-1 victory. And I can't not laugh as I say it. (laughs) 2-1 victory uh, away at the Amex Stadium uh, against Brighton and Hove Albion. Uh, I'm Matthew and I'm always, as always, joined by my brother Luke. Evening Matthew, crack open the beer to celebrate that one. (laughs) And Kevin. Hello mate, all right. I've just been shouted down from upstairs for waking the children up, but who cares? It's it's, it's a Monday night and we beat Brighton, it don't happen very often. Although we do win down there quite often, right? That's at least our third win in a few years, so maybe it's not such a shock on a Monday night after all. I think it's fair to say we're absolutely buzzing after that one. I mean, the, the fact that we've come away with a 2-1 victory from that game, um, we'll go through it, but is is pretty laughable, to be honest with you. Uh, well deserved, bro. Well deserved. <laughs> take it, take it all day, all day long. Um, you know, I, I, I thought I thought they 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 really they really battled for the badge tonight. There was desire, there was passion, uh, which a lot of fans uh, in the last couple of weeks have, have questioned and, and given the last two performances, you know, fair enough, rightly so. But I think tonight we saw a Palace team that were de- you know, determined to stay to stay in it and get, get a result. Um, despite that, you know, it, we were very much under the cosh for a, a lot of that game. But, you know, before we get into the into the meat and bones of it, Luke, we, a 2-1 victory there tonight. When it's 1-0, are you taking the point? Are you... What are you thinking about things? What's your what's your thoughts? All, all day long taking the point, brother, especially given the nature of their goal. Um, I, I think their, their goal was very fortunate. I didn't think that they, uh, although they had 20, 25 shots, whatever it was, I think only three or four of them on target. Five was on target, was it? Thank you. But like you said, Matthew, defensively, we were brilliant tonight. I think the desire, the passion, Gary Cahill, Joel Ward, Czech Kuwaite, Tyrant Mitchell present to can really held their heads up high. I think the midfield probably got bypassed a little bit, but I thought that was a, a brilliant Crystal Palace defensive dogged performance tonight. And um might not deserve the three points, but God we're taken, mate. Thank you very much. Kev, okay, what, what do you think about a point versus three points tonight? What what were you thinking at 94 minutes? Well, I must admit, mate, when your brother texted at 93 minutes, said, looks like we've got a point. I thought, I'm not going to text back because the way things go, we could still lose this. Um, But when, you know, Jordan carries it and then it goes down and obviously Andros whips one in, um, you know, you see it coming, dropping out the sky. (laughs) It sounds dark, but we know Ben Teke has that in his locker and you just don't know and he connects it. And well, let's be honest, it's all your Christmases come home in one go. Um, You've got, you know, which, let's be honest, you've got a feel for them because they've played very well. We would have taken a point. You've got, you've got to be gutted if you're them. But ultimately, if you have 25 chances, you've got to take them. I yeah. think we've talked a lot about Crystal Palace being built on dogged at the back and being strong. That was a typical Roy Hodgson dig in, put your bodies on the line, and they were outstanding for that. Um, you know, we came for a point, let's be honest. I mean... Two great goals from us. We only got in their box, in their box. twice. Twice. So amazing, really. Uh, just on cloud nine, if I'm honest, Matt, purely because of, you know, it was ugly, as Ben Teke's just said in his post-match interview. But ultimately, what a doggy performance. And that's what, as you both always said, that's what we needed. Because mm. the last two performances, we said it on time and time again, 
give us everything for the shirt and we won't mind. Um, and that's all, and that's come out really well for us tonight. And, you know, very, very grateful. And it, it makes it a lot calmer and a lot of a, a nicer game against Fulham on Sunday. Your take, Matt? I thought, to be fair, Kev, the way the game started was very much how it then followed on. And that's what I expected. I expected Brighton on the back of six really good results. You know, they've beaten Tottenham, they've beaten Liverpool, and they've ground out some good good couple of draws in the last two games before this. So I expected them to be, you know, the dominant side, have the ball. Um, mm. I must admit, I was a little bit disappointed with the way we came out. I thought we were giving them the ball a lot a lot more than I expected in our half, I felt that when it got to the got to the halfway line, I thought we let them have it, but then I thought we might hit them with the press. And I felt for the first 20, 25 minutes, we gave them too much respect. We backed off a bit a bit too much for me. When we got the goal, which is what, 25, 27 minutes? 29. Yeah, 28. Which will come, which will come to in a minute. I think I, <laughs> what's the lorry numbers? I, I felt that changed the dynamic uh, of the game and Palace seemed to get a, get a lift from that and maybe get a bit more belief in the game. They clearly had a game plan to stay in the game as long as possible and to, to hit, hit Brian on the counter. But for me, I just felt we were trying to hang on a bit too much and I felt after the goal, it, it changed things around a bit for us. And let's face it, from then on, after that, it was pretty much hang on central, wasn't it? But but the, the goal, I mean, we can't not talk about the goal. Love, lovely bit of work from Jordan Ayew who Sky Sports gave man the match to and fair enough he's at work ethos tonight was was ethos made up a new word is that like a work ethic is that like a work ethic and ethos it's, 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 it's a bit like the Greek lager Kev oh. <laughs> I'll give you that do you know what I'll give you that one all night long I'll go over two, two other pictures after that but work is that ethic. is that too many methos tonight <laughs> He did, he did fantastically. Stuff both of you. Did fantastically. A lovely ball into the box. And what a finish for your first oh, Palace goal. Absolutely beautiful, wasn't it? It was, it was sumptuous, is, is, is the word I used to, to, to describe that goal. Yeah, fair play, Jordan Ayew, because he held off Dan Burns, the ex-Bristol City lad. I think he's about five... Oh, sorry, six, five, six, six. He's a six, big seven. lad. So, he's six, he's six, seven. seven. There you go. So, so to, for, for Jordan I to have the strength to hold him off. Uh, yeah. I know Sky Sports did a little bit of analysis half-time around Dunk being drawn in or whatever, but he still had to hold him off and then get the ball in. And Mateta does so well to hold off White uh, with his left arm. And then, oh, what a finish. And, that, and that's that's the finish of a man who has... It was overflowing with confidence. To, to the, 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 the outrageousness to try that sort of finish. It, it yeah. was sumptuous, wasn't it, Kev? Yeah, and I, I think, to be honest with you boys, you've described it brilliantly, but I, I think we can't not talk about the quality ball from Chicky as well. Yeah. Because the ball Chicky played out, which which went literally into Jordan's path, was was outstanding. So that whole move from start to finish was outstanding. And I mean, and let's be honest, <laughs> just two, two amazing goals. But as you say, Luke, his confidence, because I think... You know, it was 28 minutes and for 27 minutes, he hadn't really had any impact mm. in the game at all. And I, and I honestly thought he would mostly come off at half time for no reason because we weren't getting him in the game. And, um, but for him to then do that, I mean, that will do his confidence the world of good. And then for Chris to come, Christian come on and do what he's done, that's hopefully got them buzzing as well. So, you know, it's, it's just... It's cloud think, nine, isn't it? Let's be honest. Cloud nine of where we are because we would have taken a point, but... You know, let's, we know it's smash and grab, but let's let's just enjoy it. You know, they scored in the 95th minute against us at our place, you know. Um, so, well, I don't really right. know what to say. I don't really know what else to say, honestly, Matt, about it. I'm, 
I'm, I'm so pleased. When you think they've had 75% of possession, and I think the Sky Sports stat said in the two games they've played us, they've had 45 shots and scored two, and we've had five shots, scored three. Yeah. But there you go. It's, 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 it's what you do with the ball that matters, isn't it? It's, always, it's so much so much focus. Sorry, sorry bruv, to cut into quickly there, but so much focus is on the possession stats and you know how many chances they created. But they had so many chances and so much possession, but they didn't soddle with the ball. You know, we we had two touches in the opposition box and scored two goals. Uh, you know, obviously it's not pretty to watch, but it, it makes it even more funnier, doesn't it? How many beers you had? How many beers you had? I must I'm, have I'm, had a few, hasn't he? Yes, yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> you, can't, you cannot deny that Brighton did create chances tonight. I mean, there was a spell in the second half where it was just bodies on the line. It was ridiculous for a spell about five, ten minutes. Um, and they, they did create, but they didn't create good enough good enough opportunities to put them away. I mean, Lalana skied a couple. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's what I thought Ben Teke was going to do when it came, the ball came to him. He even puts into row, row double Z, uh, or, it, or it goes to the back of the net, that one. I think it's just, I didn't want, to, didn't want to move on before touching on the, the JPM point, Matata point, which is, for me, before the goal, he was just, for me, it's like he needed permission to make a tackle. He was kind of jogging <laughs> around and it's like he was yeah. playing the game plan like a really good boy following what his mum and dad's told him to do. Whereas actually he could have been pressing him, he could have been making tackles. And after the goal, he did that, he got stuck in. And he's going to need to do that in the Premier League. He can't. He can't be sort of jogging around and backing off all the time. And, I, and I, for me, that was a really positive thing to do because I was, I was worried up to that point. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm with you, bruv. I, I think that look, he grew into the game, didn't he? And there was a moment early on where he won a header that went straight out for a throw in. But look, his his chances were limited tonight, and I'm not going to kill anyone by saying that I expected nothing less than Palace to have very minimal possession this evening. And to take the chances which they which they had, and exactly what happened, you know, JPM was never going to see masses of the ball, but when he did, he, you know, after the goal, he grew in confidence. He was able to affect the game to an extent, but he was never going to be, you know, the main man. It was always the shining star of Palace tonight was always going to be defense, defense, and the defensive display, uh, which was brilliant. You know, man of the match for me. I know you said Jordan Ayew got it there. I, I, it's between Gary Cahill and, and Joe Ward for me. I think they were absolutely faultless. Brilliant. I, th- I think Coyote, I think Coyote's up there with them as well. Yeah, I go, I go uh, Coyote today. Uh, but and 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 Cahill for the fact that, as you say, he looked as though he'd done ten rounds with Mike Tyson with his nose. <laughs> um, but uh, but throwing himself on the line. But again, it goes back to what we said previously, boys. It's what we want. And the important thing is, I don't know if you noticed, boys, but with that two-one win. That means I'm the only one who can still get my nine points because if we beat Fulham on Saturday, then I do believe I've predicted the whole thing correct. And you might put your head in your hands, both of you, but you know that Uncle Kev has nearly called it right. I left it late. Where's Uncle accept. Kev come from? Hey, hey, because I'm that much older than all of you. You know the rules. Listen, can, can we just take a moment? Just to think how many Palace fans are out there now with the biggest grin on their face and they're going to listen to this either tomorrow morning or midnight whenever we get it out and they're going to be beaming off the, off the let's be honest, we've gone down there and done a job on Brighton. Could you imagine coming home on the M23 or A23 tonight, what that would be like? Could you imagine just how what it, good it would be? Anyway, sorry, yeah. I, I will stop for a moment. Sorry, Graham Potter, you've been roybald. <laughs> yeah, did you see that right at the end, Graham Potter, when he threw his bottle of water? Oh, mate, you got. Could you imagine what he's going to be saying in the changing rooms? Well, what can you say? 20, what can you say? 20, 25 shots. Unlucky, fellas. Unlucky. <laughs> Good old Roy. Good old Roy. Roy's well happy. Roy's well happy. 
there really is something in that though, in the resilience and the Palace showing what they were being questioned about over the past couple of weeks, which is, you know, the the battling, the the the, the being there for the badge, the, for the shirt, you know, caring. It was questioned, wasn't it, whether or not the players cared, and we ourselves said we wanted to see yeah. a reaction. Yeah. And whilst it wasn't a reaction of you know we dominated the full uh, play or it was an end to end game because we were as good as they were, it wasn't it wasn't about that tonight. It was about getting a result. It was about getting something positive from things. And, and I think also Roy dealt with it really well, didn't he? You know, use his experience and um, his now when, when when responding to things, questions to the media, but also the banner that was put outside of the um, of the training ground as well, and and, and saying that he hadn't seen um, a, a lack of um, desire or or courage or, or want from the players. And, and they showed that tonight for him and, and for the fans. Yes, yeah, certainly did, brother. I mean, there was a lot made of the banner. I think, was it Friday? It might have gone up outside the training ground. And I think Roy addressed it in the press conference saying that he didn't see it. It was obviously taken down before him and the players got there. But it talked of uh, apathy and, you know, the, the lack of desire, like we said. But there was, there was no lack of that tonight, especially from defensive display and, and Jordan Ayew as well, especially. I mean, if, if we're gonna if we're gonna sort of mention negatives, then I guess we've probably got to mention the midfield and, and Eze and Gyro, Kev, you and I were speaking about this on the text as well. I thought they were they're pretty anonymous tonight, weren't they? Yeah, I mean it's I think one of you mentioned it a little while ago. The game sort of seemed to bypass them tonight, really. And there were a couple of things. I mean, Gyro threw himself on the line right near the end and made a really good tackle um when he needed to. But I yeah, I I, I think it was sensible when Eze went off. Uh, I would have liked to see them shine more. You know, the, the it was certainly the stage to do it, wasn't it? But they didn't seem to get in the game. I mean, you know, it's difficult to say a lot more. I thought, you know, Luke had put himself about a bit, but no one really stood out. It, you have to say it was the back line and let's be honest, two outstanding strikes. Um, you know, the work rate of Jordan was good. I thought Andros worked hard uh, and let's be honest, to be 95th minute and still, you know, ploughing down there and whipping in across. I've just watched the cross again um, on Sky Sports. If you look, Mo, it's mostly gone 40, 40, yard, uh, 40 feet up in the air. It's come down out of the sky. It's got snow on it as it's come down and he's, and he's just connected beautifully with it. It is an absolute quality piece of timing. And as Matt said, it either ends up in double, double Z row or in the back of the net. And the, the great thing is their goalkeeper has been brilliant all season. He's, since he's come into the team, he's made a big change. All he's had to do is pick the ball out of the net twice tonight and there's nothing he could have done. One's gone through his legs, he's been nuts. And the other one, he's just had to stand and watch it go in. So it's, a, it's amazing. It really is really an amazing goal. I'm just over the moon by what we've seen. And um, I don't know, <laughs> we would normally, we could mostly analyse it to death, boys, but I think it's one of those in a nice way where you don't need to analyse it. The it's done everything we needed it to do tonight, which is get the result, you know, three points in the bag. It takes a lot of the pressure off on Saturday. But I think now, you know, we should have been comfortable last week. But let's be honest, Fulham have done great. But now they're, they're going to be a little bit flat after seeing what we've done tonight because our towers will be up on Saturday. And I'm fairly confident we will roll Fulham over. There you go. I wouldn't always say that, but I'm going to say it. Two, two things there, Kev. One was double nuts because he did the he did the defender and the keeper, which was which which was uh, even more enjoyable. And the second one, I don't know about you boys, but as that ball, like you say, Kev, it took so long to reach Teckers at the end there in the ninety fourth, ninety fifth minute. I, I I just 
maybe it was like a, a premonition. Or I, I saw him absolutely slicing it. And the fact that he hit it so cleanly, I, I, you know, the, the, the goalkeeper was almost shocked, wasn't he? He, he was rooted. The goalkeeper was flat-footed yeah. and he was rooted because he just, just watched it in. And yeah, brilliant moment. And uh, I, I just think that Pateka's a man that has not shown that quality finishing, uh, you know, during his padded career so much, obviously in his first season he did, but since then he hasn't so much to, to, to turn it on now. You do worry if he's playing for a contract or or, or, or putting himself in the shop window, but who who cares at this point, you know? Oh, two, who one. cares? Yeah. Who cares? Matt, Matt, what was it like in your house? And how did you keep the noise down with a little girl <laughs> asleep when that went in? I didn't really care. So I was in the living room. My wife's, my wife's in our bedroom, which is right at the other side of the house. Not saying I've got, I haven't got a big house, by the way. What is that in, <laughs> the, West in the West Wing? Where's the West Wing? <laughs> I, will, I, I probably walked into that one, didn't I? Anyway, she's, she's on the other side of the house and she heard me. I just laughed. I seriously couldn't stop laughing. It was hilarious. The yeah. fact that we did that in 95 minutes. So yeah, my little girl's probably awake up there now, but she, she, she loves Pally. She loves Jeffrey Schlupp. She's a, he's a, he's her favourite player. So um she keeps asking me, is, is he all right? And how did he get injured? Did he fall over? But um, so, yeah, but she, she'll be pleased to tell her in the morning about the result. Um, I just, just look at the league table. You know, we are 13th place now, 32 points. Fulham, two points behind Arsenal? Uh, yeah, we are two points behind Arsenal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Fulham, uh, Fulham are occupying the last uh, relegation place, if you want that term, and they're on 22 points. So, you know, like you say, Kev, a good result on the weekend. Quite much puts it to bed, doesn't it? Really, I mean, you you like to yeah. think we'll be safe now, uh, and we're in around clubs who've you know had good good spells. I, if you look at the league table this year, it's interesting, isn't it? Because it is definitely a table of runs of form. So everyone's yeah. had a good and bad patch at some point. And what I'm hoping now is that we're coming out of ours yeah. because you know last two results, but also some of the performances have been a bit indifferent. Yeah, you know, looking look at that, bruv. Look, I mean, we're 32 points, right? So we're 10 points off. Sixth, ten points off sixth, as well as ten points off ten points off eighteenth, which is absolutely ridiculous. Which 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 shows you sort of where we where we are in the league. Um, we're eighth, we're eighth or eighth or sixth because Liverpool are in sixth on 40, 40 points. But yeah, it, yeah, it, it, it does show how open the league is, though, and you know also how Kev can predict. And I'm going to ask Kev for the lottery ticket. Uh, yeah, absolutely, Kev. absolutely. I I think the one thing I would say, Matt, and again, you know, we can talk about the Roy and the Palace and we, we all said how important these two games are going to be and we, we said they weren't your must wins but they're not loses for reasons because you don't want your competition you know the fact that we've now got six points between us and Brighton is, is, is big at this time but I think the interesting thing which we you know we all said how difficult the season has been when they're playing without crowds we know the difference when we played Tottenham when they were top of the league and we got that draw at our place if you look you've only got to look at say Tottenham and Liverpool Liverpool came and destroyed us at our place okay Liverpool have won one game in the last seven one league game in the last seven. Tottenham have lost five of their last six. Now, that's not getting at Liverpool and that's not getting at Tottenham, but these are quality sides who are struggling at the moment. So there is no real pattern, unless you're Manchester City, no real team. And let's be honest, 18 wins in a row, outstanding performance from Manchester City. But but if you look at most teams, no matter how great you are or how great you even were last season, Nothing is really taken for granted this season. So I think, again, we have to take... I know we've got a little bit of the halo effect tonight because we've just seen that last minute. We would have been happy with a point. Let's be honest, we would have taken a point before kickoff. We're absolutely euphoric because we've got three points. But ultimately, 
you know, let's, as we've always tried to maintain on this pod, let's not get too carried away or too disheartened. And at the end of the day, I think, I think they said um, before the game kicked off, if Palace won tonight, it will be the most point we've ever had in our eight seasons in the Premier League after this number of games. So, you know, you've got to, you've got to, you know, you've got to look at it in the context of that. And that's pretty impressive, really. So, Kev, coming to the context point, I mean, Roy made a comment in the in the week, didn't he? Um, or it might have been in the pre-match presser for this for this game, was about the Charlton Athletic example, and you know, wish wish for too much change. <coughs> maybe when you're at a, well, we always talk about we take mid-table mediocrity. It's pretty much what this season's been. Uh, it hasn't yeah. felt like we've been much away from mid-table for for much of it. It's been a few bad runs, a few good runs, and it's balanced itself out. There is a question here for us to think about, you know, when we talk about a change and there's, there's likely to be change in, in management in the short term, right? With, with Roy's, Roy's, you know, position in his career and where he's at and so on and so forth. It's, it's happening. It's about when it happens. And like we've said, you know, is there a transition plan, whether or not there is or isn't. But it is a, is a stark reminder of how results and performances can very quickly turn around. Yeah. And similarly, they can go up, but also they can go down. And, and it's the down trajectory bit that we do want to avoid and it, and it brings us back to the to the point about you know what is the plan what is the transition um yeah. and and will something start to be enacted given you know, what's going on or well, well, i think you said it pre pre-pod that you know 90 seconds before the end of that game everyone who wanted boys heading the stick were, were, were preparing their tweets and, and ready to put them out there and there'd be very few of that, very few sort of um, mentions of that tonight because everyone, like, like Kev said, will be caught up in the euphoria of, of the fact that Palace had just snatched three points from the from the jaws of, of, of one point. Look, it will be uh, a very dramatic summer for Palace, I think, in terms of turnover of players and manager. And we've only got to have faith in, in, in what's going on behind the scenes to hope that you know they're, they're making the right decisions but at this moment like Kev said earlier who cares you know what I mean we just won two one and I've had five beers on a Monday night so uh, happy times boys I think the, I think the thing I'd say Matt is again and you quite rightly it's so tight around that division at the moment so we're one point off 11th which is Wolves okay Palace's top performance in the Premier League is 10th um, in, in our seven, eight years. So the reality is we, we finish between, let's be honest, 10th and 15th, realistically. We're going to, I would have thought with respect, we're mostly going to end up there again this season. And if you, if, in this current topsy-turvy season, if we end up between 11th and 14th, I'll say that that's still success for this season because ultimately it is a transition season. Um, you know, We've, you've just said quite rightly, did, did people play for the badge tonight? Absolutely. Couldn't have asked for any more from anyone, you know, and I'm so pleased, I'm so pleased for Benteke that he's got the goal. Really, really pleased for him. Pleased for uh, uh, Mateta that he's scored. So, you know, suddenly there's a little bit of energy and enthusiasm. You imagine going on the training ground tomorrow or the day after and they're going to be buzzing again for the Fulham game. And then all of a sudden, you know, if we do get a win against Fulham, and let's be honest, they're playing very well, but if we get a win against Fulham, you've suddenly got 35 points and then you're what? You've still got, what, 12 games to go and you're relatively comfortable. And that gives us that chance to see where we want to go. But I, I just wish they would start to move quickly on what needs to be done because uncertainty creates uncertainty. Uh, and we need to do something about that. Sorry, Luke. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. I guess it's uncertainty in the public domain, though, isn't it? I mean, 
it could all be sorted out behind the scenes, couldn't it? And and yeah, Roy could, could be. be told not to say what you know. You don't know, do you? And I guess it's the same thing with the players. But for me, not not trying to steal things from a podcast. But I was listening to the FYP podcast um, after the game, and they were last game, sorry, and they were talking about perhaps Roy making the wrong decisions in terms of the future of Crystal Palace. So why would you not start? Jean-Philippe Mateta because he has a future at Crystal Palace you know for the next 18 months or so he's got to earn himself a deal you know whether he plays a certain amount of games and then that that deal gets activated or whatever you know he's the future of Crystal Palace Christian Benteke is not you know whilst we love Tekas and, and you know uh, he's got a great goal today he won't be at Crystal Palace next season for, for what I'm hearing and there, there are certain other players as well which, which won't be at Crystal Palace so you, you kind of hope that Palace are building towards next season in, in that sense that we're probably safe um, and you want to start seeing the players that are going to be the future of Crystal Palace but also you don't want to see Palace get turned over 4 or 5 nil. so that, that's the, probably the point Matthew you're going to make isn't it? It's a balance isn't it? It's a delicate balance between the two I mean um, and shout out to the FYP pod by the way they're a fantastic job Brilliant uh, they, they I think that the, the difficult dynamic on that one is there's something about as a as a leader of people you need to be doing the right thing at the right times and you know playing someone just because they're the future is not the right way playing someone because they demonstrated the ability because you're uh, you have a plan for, for bringing them on there's a strategy there is the right thing to do so I think a mix of what what we've seen so far is is the way to go and it shows Roy's experience in the game you know this chap has not played in England before he's not played at this level he's come in he, he's done well in the Bundesliga and scored a lot of goals this year fair play to him but he's not had the uh, the, the sort of the, the grappling the the, the the thrust of the Premier League to, to contend with so they have to bring him in and a, and a control man and it looked to me like the Leeds game was a step too too early for him and it, it, it felt like that they reflected on that couple of games since you know and things have turned around and he did, he did well tonight but it did take the goal for him to get going tonight and mm. um, hopefully he is the future of Christopher hopefully the, the, the loan deal proves to be a good one and they do they do turn it into a permanent deal but at this stage it's, it's, it's a balance between that bringing the players through and also keeping the performances going mm. well, well, well Kev can, can I ask you Kev then so yeah in, in in the question of the future of Crystal Palace yeah. Given the fact that Patrick van Arnold was apparently asked for six figures a week, and, and you know we'll, we'll not get that at Crystal Palace, you know he have to go elsewhere to get that. So Tyrant Mitchell is essentially is going to be our future left back. If you know Mitchie isn't going to earn himself a new deal, Christian Benteke isn't going to earn himself a new deal. Can you see uh, the point um, in future games in, in lining up with PVA and, and some of like our Techers or, or Bachelor out front? I mostly, if if that's what PVA wants and he can get it, then good luck to him. Um, I mostly wouldn't go with PVA on that basis then, quite frankly. Um, and, and the shame with, and the shame with, with Bats. Unfortunately, it hasn't quite worked out this time round, and that's not necessarily his fault, but it just hasn't quite worked. So I would rather not because he scored tonight, but I think Christian gives us that option. And I must admit, I didn't realise that you, from what you were saying, it sounds as though he's possibly out the door, which is a shame from my point of view. But I agree, the future is is the young man. So I, I, I can see keeping him on, bringing him on, as we've done tonight for 15, 20 minutes, if we need it or if we want to play a certain way. But I think you've got to start to build. I think that the challenge for me is more... 
at what point, if if obviously Parish has done the deal they're doing, at what point do they announce that? And because you do need that transition for people to know that it's coming and when it's coming. So that's what I'd like to know. I'd like to think, if I'm honest, Luke, and I'm sorry, I'm not mostly answering your question. If we get a result against Fulham on Saturday, and it looks as though we're then reasonably safe, reasonably comfortable, I'd like to then start to hear some noises around what the last four or five weeks, six, seven weeks look like. Because what I don't want us to do, and we talked about this a few pods ago, is drift. Because I don't think if we drift, that's when complacency again sets in. And I think as we've proved, you can't afford to be complacent. Because if you're a Palace fan, two games, you know, the Burnley game was not good enough. It was not up to scratch. The Leeds game was not up to scratch. And it's not that you go away and have a bad performance. It's it's the, the effort that's put in. And I want to see whether you've got a contract or not. If you've, if, you're, if you've got the fortune to have that badge on your shirt, I want to see you putting everything in. And whether that be there's a new manager in the stands watching or because you still want to play for this club. I want to see like a Joel Ward who's been here 10 years, to me, still fighting, still wants to be, still for as fresh as ever. You know, he was the only one who played tonight, apart because obviously only Wilf played in, when we played him in May 2013 in the playoffs, he played in that game, Joel. That says a lot that eight seasons on, he's still playing at this level for this club. You don't hear anything about him. You don't hear any issues with him. You don't hear any moaning. He just gets on with it, does it. Suffers with his injury, just got on with it. Model professional, and that's what you want in the club. That's what I want. You know, what's also important about tonight that we haven't touched upon is that it's another game that Palace can tick off, having won without Wilfred Zaha. Yes. Yeah, good They love that. They love that stat. They love that stat, don't they? What is it? 20-odd games and two two victories. That's now up to three. So, you know, that that, that number... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Another top top stuff. No, no one remember the game it was in. I tell you what, I'd I'd love to know what Wilf's thinking tonight. He must be buzzing. Can you imagine? I'd like to think Wilf is absolutely buzzing at home off the back of that. I, I think that's a good point, bruv. But at the same time, right? Something that occurred to me when they when I saw that little stat come up about I don't know twenty minutes into the game where it was. I think they said you know Palace's record since January twenty seventeen or twenty eighteen. You know that's a long time in football. I mean, and also not not forgetting the fact that the bloke's been injured. Yes, he's our talisman, and look, you know, it's it's an easy, it's almost a lazy punditry stat to make, isn't it? You know, it, it, it's an easy thing to pull upon, but it doesn't tell the whole story, does it? Really, for me, yes and no. You can't you can't defend the fact that without him we are pretty toothless. That's a fact. It's a mm. fact, and, and the number of victories in there. But I think it's important to top them up and to gain them where we can. And in the ninety fifth minute, take it take it all day long, right? Yeah, I scored two goals can, today. You can also take it from Valentine's Day because I think we've all got romantic desires about how Palace are going to manage this transition. Um, but, you know, I, I, I long for the day when they come out and say, you know, Mr. Hodgson, thank you very much. You know, it, but at the end of the season, he is, or whatever it is, he's moving on. Uh, Bob or Fred is in a stand and they're doing a handover and they're doing handover notes as we speak. And, you know, for it to be that measured and balanced, but I'm not quite sure it's going to happen like that. But I think. We, we do have a strong belief that it won't be crash and burn. And I think that's also where Roy was heading with his comments, wasn't he? In terms of, you know, people's call and desire for something uh, very, very different. And we've been there with Frank De Boer. We've, we've tried that. And, you know, I strongly believe that, that Steve Parrish and the team have, have learnt their lesson, if you like, for a better term, uh, on that experience. So, you know, the, the, the search may or may not continue, um, as the apprentice on BBC would say. We, we just don't know whether it is, uh, is over or not, whether Steve Parrish has found his next apprentice. 
<laughs> yeah, let's wait and see. The thing I would say, though, Matt, about that, and again, I appreciate we covered this a few pods ago. Obviously, it is unprecedented, really, to have so many players out of contract at the same time. So if you were, and I'm not saying we would repeat a Frank De Boer scenario, and they would have learned from that, but because they would have learned from that, you know, that's why I think it's really important they do get this transition right at the right time with the number of games left. It's very rare in the Premier League and in Crystal Palace's, let's be honest, our best ever run in the Premier League by and some, you know, quite a long way. I think previously our best ever was five seasons, wasn't it, with 88 to 93 with Coppel. Um, the reality of it is, um, from that point of view, you've got, you've got to look at it and think at what point. It's not often that, you know, let's be honest, if we win Saturday, if we win Saturday, I think we'd have played, what, 26 games and have 35 points. There won't be many times in a club's transition that you've got circa 12 games left and you're pretty much safe. So if you're going to make it, it becomes the safest time. And that's why it goes back to what I said a few few weeks ago. If we can be safe with 10 games to go, that's when you want to give someone that opportunity or start to bring them in. You know, if Roy wants to go upstairs and be part of the fabric of the club, then let him, quite frankly, because there's nothing... He, there's no one out there with more experience in the game who could you could learn from, and I don't care who you are, you can learn from what Roy is. And if you look at the way the man has conducted himself, his professionalism, he is absolutely role model brand of what you'd want from someone who doesn't get phased, doesn't get, you know, he's been there, seen it, done it, and and we should we should absolutely absorb everything we can from Roy for that and let's make sure that we send him out if we are sending him out or if he decides it enough's enough leave on a high in a real positive place and you've beaten Brighton and you are unbeaten against them so that's two seasons in a row Brighton haven't beaten us which is quite nice and in the dugout there mate you saw two managers that had something very uh, peculiar or uncommon in common I guess the fact they both went both won Austrian uh, titles, the, the Swedish Premier League titles. So that's that's a bit of my that my uh, Nordic football nerdism coming out there. But on, on what you said there about Frank de Boer, I mentioned this a couple of points ago, a couple of pods ago. That if you're going to do it, that sort of thing now, yeah, too many beers, sorry boys. If you're going to do that, right? If you're going to make that change in terms of of change of is it character or, or, or dynamic of, of the club? Then now's the time still. You've got so many so many players out of contract. You know, not giving Frank de Boer the the hand that he had with with you know a, a team that was pretty much the same that you know stayed up the previous season is now not the time. If you're ever going to make that dynamic change in in the way that Palace play football from that counter attacking team to a a, a, a ball possession tiki taka team is now not the time to do that. Go on, bro. Can, can we can we think of many, if any, Premier League clubs, and I welcome names who have who have uh, revolutionised. Let's let's call it revolution because you don't, you can't evolve in the Premier League in the way in which we're talking. It's not a thing you can do. Brighton, their their team in this way, in this way, and they're more successful than Crystal Palace are today. No. Because the only ones I can think of are the ones who had millions and millions and millions of throughout, like your Man Cities and others. And they've had new stadiums to boot and other. But again, this season, look at them. Are they are they better than Palace? They're not in the Premier League as long as Palace. And again, it goes back to the comment that Roy made about Charlton, who's so so relevant to the situation. It's what do we want? 
you know, I'd be happy with Palace being mid-table Premier League for, for a long, long time. Uh, a cup run here and there. I think you said it before, Kev. Cup run here, here, here or there. We'd love a bit of silverware. You know, imagine Palace won the FA Cup. So that would be, you know, it's a lifelong thing as a Palace fan, right? Yeah, is, it, is, it, is, it, is it wrong for that to be the extent of the ambition or are we holding ourselves back in, the, in, in that mindset? I, I don't think we are, Matt. I think in answer to Luke's question, I'm struggling, mate, to think of a team that's come in and done it um, as in, in that context. I think you're right, the Brighton thing, but I think they were playing that good football before they came up. I think Potter has done a great job there, in fairness, and they do play some good football, but as, as, as is being seen at the moment, you know, they've got 26 points. They're not putting teams to bed when they should do. And although they were unbeaten for six... Um, you know, they hadn't won a lot of those games. They'd drawn a lot of them. So I, I think it is very difficult to evolve to that level. Um, sorry, I'm a bit of an old an old dinosaur, but there is a little bit of me that the tick-attack of football, you can play that if you've got the players to do it. And I don't believe that Crystal Palace will attract that that level of player that we could do that um, for me. So so I think, you know, if, if you offer me, as I said to you, between 12th and 7th every season or for the next two or three seasons, we have a couple of cup runs to the quarterfinal or semi or maybe a final. I'm a happy fan. And, you know, that, that's all I'll say. I, I think that's all that needs to be said, Matt, on that side. Sorry, over the, to you, Matt. The, con- the contract thing's interesting, though, isn't it? Because it's what we believe to be the situation. Now, there's no doubt it is a higher number than we're used to having. But in that, there'll be a mix of those that have run their contracts down and, and the, the players want to leave and it's time for them to leave. Those who run the contracts down and Palace want them to leave because the wages or they had their time or the age or whatever it is. And also everyone comes up with the, the stat about the ageing squad or the oldest team or whatever the thing is. We do need a refresh as well. So it presents opportunity. And there's also some, no doubt, some you know, uh, strategy from a Palace perspective as well. So there is, some, there is that to, to hang on to as well. It's not necessarily being done to us. Uh, as mm. maybe many people will say. And and also the other thing we don't know is, is what's put out in the public domain. We don't know uh, what's what's done. I mean, there's been rumours about the keeper being having having signed a new contract for about a month or so now, maybe even more than that. Yeah, maybe it is done. And, and and what benefit is it of Crystal Palace or anyone to put that in the public domain to, to correct the situation? Because if there is a, a change on the horizon, that's a good thing for them to bring out at that point, right? Yeah, the quieter contract, I think, was announced was it last month, Kev, or just before the end of the transfer window? So, so, so yeah, that, I that, think. Yeah. Oh my bad. I think that. No, no, no. no, 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 no it's fine. Don't worry, man. I think. I think, I think I th- no, but I think you're right, bruv, in, in sense of though that 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 situation attracts stories, doesn't it? Because there were stories around, you know, he'd already signed a pre-contract agreement with another club, and this, that, and the other, and, and that sort of it breeds uncertainty, as it were, which which you don't yeah. want around a football club, which which which, yeah. which um, can only be detrimental to a football club. But yeah. look, every problem is also an opportunity. It's it's an opportunity for someone to come and make a fresh start. Look, it's scary in the sense that you know half the half the, the squad probably isn't going to be there, or, or quarter the squad probably isn't going to be there next season. But it, it's also an exciting time to be Crystal Palace fan, yeah. don't you think, Kev? Yeah, I think so. And I think the thing about Steve Parrish is, let's be honest, from the moment him, as sorry, him, I don't mean that to be rude, Steve and the team have taken over. He's gone about it low profile now. He does it very quietly, you know, and that's just it. Look at us. We're talking about Vince, the keeper. Did he sign the contract? Did he not? It's mostly, it's already been a done deal and, and it's just gone 
you know, a lot quieter in the past. You know, we were almost the laughing stock, weren't we? Where Palace were in the news for this or that or these reasons. You don't hear about it now and you just hear about it on a lower case. Can I just say, just, just to break off, just as a change, just to show you how crazy this league has been. Southampton, it's, I can't remember how long ago, but it was only a couple of months ago. Southampton were pushing top of the league, weren't they? Do you remember they won away at Villa and they were doing it? Southampton are below us now, believe it or not. They've got 30 points and they're below us. The point I'm trying to make is just goes back to what we said a little while ago. It is such a topsy-turvy, um, unprecedented premiership season. We know it thought it was strange last season, those last eight or nine games when COVID kicked. You know, COVID's been around for nearly a year now. We've nearly done the entire season as is. And it's it's just um, it's just crazy to show how how strange it is for every club at the moment and I just sorry I just saw that on the Southampton thing and you think they, they were top in the league not that far they weren't too far away not that long ago no I think you're right Kev but also on the other hand I think some fans would say they prefer to play the sort of the type of football that Hassan has got Southampton playing because yeah, it, yeah. it's more more exciting to watch you know rather than than, than Roy Ball and you know, it, it depends where you are on, on, on the fan scale isn't it and Matthew mentioned yeah. it earlier in terms of being happy with mid-table mediocrity and then you know a cup and every now and then that is enough for some fans you know so we're, we're in, in a world now where People want instant gratification and rightly or wrongly, you know, they want to see, you know, Crystal Palace performing, you know, perhaps above what, what they should be doing. Um, and, and maybe that's where we are. Maybe it's in a situation where some fans feel we've been treading water for a while and now is the time to, 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 to push on or you're never going to do it, Kevin. I think there is that, boys. But I think, I think what we've also got to do is say, look, let's just take stock tonight. Let's just park that one for tonight. And we just talked about the world we're in. And um, Matt, maybe I can come to you on this uh, to start off with. But obviously, there was talk a few days ago. Uh, so I'm changing the subject. I'm going off on the, the Wilf angle, uh, on Wilf very bravely uh, coming out and making mm. a statement about his stance on the Black Lives Matter. Uh, and I, you know, whatever anyone's view on it, I, I, I was very, very respectful of, of what Wilf was said and the reasons for why he was saying it. So I just, I just wondered if it's, I don't want to spend too much time on it, chaps, but I thought it would be wrong of us not to at least uh, acknowledge what Wilf had come out and done and, and, and stated his position. Um, so I just wondered, Matt, if you had any thoughts on that particularly. I watched the whole of that podcast that he was on. Uh, on the Judy, is it called? I think it's called. Judy, yeah. Um, I watched the, I watched the whole podcast. I thought, he, you know, he came across really well. He's very open and, and transparent about things. I, I think, um, you know, his his decision is clearly based on logic rather than um, just emotion. There's clearly a lot of emotion in, in, in it, but he's he's thinking logically, isn't he? In terms of um, there not being a tangible change for him in, in what's happening. And let's face it, we touched on it as a podcast um, uh, the last few pods. The the, the the platform that people have on social media is a is a wonderful um, unique opportunity, but but unfortunately you have a minority who are very loud who uh, use the opportunity uh, in a negative way to be in touch with players and put messages and things out there that are just purely wrong, and and I, and I can understand because how Wilfred might be uh, is frustrated about it because what 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 what's changed. What has changed in in that kind of um, platform's uh, ability for people to access it and to access it freely, anonymously, and to post those kind of things, and with very, 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 very little, if ever, 
um, fear of retribution. Uh, you know, the, the examples of people getting caught for this are they're really, really far and um, a few yeah. between. So, yeah, you can understand how you know making a stand on something like that. I use social media platforms as, as an example, but making a stand like Wilfred is, is proposing to do is 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 something that will hopefully show that what is happening at the minute isn't enough to drive the sea change that's required. I think Wilf sort of uh, alluded to it being almost tokenism at the moment, you know, the, the, the sort of the kneeling. You, you've only seen it. How many games have you watched where, you know, a player has rung into the, the opposition part, opposition half before, you know, they were, they were supposed to take the knee and all this sort of thing. And, and that's where you, you see that it's just, it's just, it's, it's not making the difference that it should be making. And therefore then why are you doing it then? So that, that, that's, that's, I think the point that Wilf was trying to make. Well, there is something in, in, in the symbol that is presenting and representing, however, it's action that's required. And that, I think that's what Wilfred, Wilfred said, is it's what is tangibly changing about any of this that means that this symbol is, is representation of the change required. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, again, chaps, I, I wasn't proposing to go into it in depth. I just thought it was important that a, we acknowledged it. I, I mean, I, I was obviously when the first game came out of lockdown um, at the end of last season, it was the Aston Villa Sheffield United game where they forgot to turn mm. on the, uh, the goal line technology, which kept Villa up. You may recall. Um, yeah. But, uh, but I can remember when they did that and I saw it obviously live on the telly as it was at that time. And I thought it was incredibly powerful um, when they did it. And I thought it was fantastic what they did, but I do feel, you know, it, it, it feels as though it has lost its, um, I'm going to say momentum, that's possibly yeah. the wrong word. And I, I don't mean to be uh, cause offence if I use the wrong word, but it, 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 I think someone said it's become a little bit like wallpaper. I, and I think that might have been one of the pundits uh, yesterday. Or and I, and I thought, well, yeah, it's not quite to that level because abs, as I think a, a couple of the uh, players very, worldly, uh, very well um, explained yesterday, each to their own. And obviously, Wilf has got his stance on it, and that's fine. And I think there are some other players and other clubs who are taking a similar thing. But I, I just wanted to flag it because I thought it was important. And I think, you know, as we've always said on numerous occasions, actions speak louder than words. And what I want to see is the actions. And what's pleasing me, I think, is that particularly with some of the platforms, the social media, it looks as though they're slowly starting to address some of these challenges around, you know, abuse of players. And, and individuals, you know, so hopefully that will slowly start, well, not slowly, hopefully quickly start to get put to bed uh, and start to improve. But uh, I just wanted to really acknowledge on, on, on a momentous night for Palace, congratulations to Wilfred for, um, for putting his position so well. Yes, thank you, Kev. Uh, a point very well made and, and a very important point to, to, to mention on the pod. Um, Look, lads, we cannot sign off uh, before noticing again that Palace uh, won tonight. I think they did, didn't they? I think it was they two won. One, they, won. they won 2-1, one, Matt. Yeah, I think it's got the 95th minute and, and we are absolutely, uh, absolutely <laughs> loving that. Um, it, was a, it was a dogged performance. Um, you know, uh, we, we, we feel on this podcast that the, the players, uh, you know, did their bit um, and, and deserved to wear the shirt tonight and, and, and you know, returned some of the... Um, Maybe, maybe, maybe gave a bit back on the, the lack of performance that's been in the last couple of games, and it's hopefully something that Palace can can build upon onwards and upwards. We've got a few days now till Sunday's game, uh, which is against Fulham. We're at home on the BBC. We? On the BBC, twelve o'clock kickoff. Yeah. Kick Twelve o'clock kickoff. 12 early o'clock 
so another another game for Palace on the BBC. And we like we like games on the BBC, don't we? No, we don't. No, we, no, don't. we don't. We battered last time. Battered. battered. And let's say it's not uh, anything like that. But um, yeah, onwards and upwards for the for the Palace, as we've mentioned. Chaps, thank you very much for for joining me tonight. It's been a very enjoyable pod to do. Uh, to all our listeners, stay safe. There is positive light uh, in the uh, direction of getting us back into into the big bad world world, and and hopefully at football games as well. Uh, and hopefully before the end of the season, we're we'll able to do a six-point apart reflecting on a game that we've actually we've actually been at as well, which will be absolutely brilliant and very, very emotional. But um, until uh, Sunday, to our listeners, stay safe, keep well. Thanks for continuing to support us at Six Points Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. As always, Luke Kev, chaps, thank you. Thank you, Good, Matt. And thank you very much. Up the, up the Palace. The Six Pointer Podcast. Uh,